0: John? Yes. I'm ready to tell you my secret. Go on. <laughs> I see dead people. No, you don't. <laughs> no.
1: No. To find, just the way they.
0: Welcome everybody to Beyond the Boxer, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry. I mean, I'm Harry. What did I call myself then? Hammy? Mm. Okay, well, this episode, I'm Hammy, and joining me as always is John. Hello. <laughs> I'm not dead. You <laughs> may look a little pale today, but I'm not dead. Sure, you don't look pale today, can No, on. I don't know. It's true. You walked to the shop, you're clearly tanned. <laughs> and, well, obviously this week we're doing The Sixth Sense. We are. Which, was your choice yes it is i've been excited to do this movie for quite a while because mm. obviously it's a good one-off movie um and well before this episode well as i was writing this i did turn to you and say oh my god what a good film and you hesitated
2: no it is a good film well first tell me about you hesitated
0: then as well yeah
2: no no it is a good film. but i, I want to know
0: when did you first see this film uh i first saw this film in my late teens i think with my parents okay. um Oh, and by the way, uh, I know we don't normally, but I'm actually going to do a spoiler warning for this. Oh, come on. No, no, it's, it's one, one of my life goals is to never spoil this movie for anyone. So if, if anybody has not seen this movie or you don't know what happens, I urge you to turn this podcast off right now. Go watch this film. And then come right back, of course. And, you know, subscribe and give us good ratings and whatever. So when I saw this film, I didn't actually know that there was any twist coming or anything. Really? I didn't, I didn't know anything about this film. I'm one of the few people you're who in, actually got the proper experience of this film.
2: You're in verified company. I know.
0: I feel so happy.
2: Okay, go on.
0: Well, there's not much more to it. I mean... Well,
2: how did you find it? Blew my mind. Yeah.
0: Absolutely blew my mind when I got to the end. I was like, what? So, no!
2: So, did you not figure it out until The Wedding Ring and Bruce Willis figured it out? Was it a complete... It was, it was a
0: complete surprise. Okay. I assume that you didn't watch it without knowing the twist.
2: I can't even remember when I first saw this film. Okay. It just feels like it's, it feels like one of those films that's so iconic that it's like almost a fact of life. It's like, when did you first see Star Wars? I have no idea. I mm, couldn't yeah. tell you. I just have always known this film. Yeah. So, yeah, but I was thinking... When we did our Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind episode, mm-hmm. I said that that, pr- that procedure that's in the film, you know, the memory erasure mm-hmm. thing, I would never have that done on anyone I had ever loved. Mm-hmm. But if I could do that, this on films... Then,
0: oh god, yeah, yes, and
2: and directors as well, like directors where you go in knowing what to expect from a certain director. Mm -hmm. I would all day, every day Mm. do that because I don't think I saw this film not knowing the twist. I remember when this film came out, but I remember, I feel like it, the twist became like a meme so quickly. <laughs> it was like even if you didn't know what it was, you knew there
0: was going to be a twist, which is yeah. And I, I very much find that a spoiler itself if you know a film has a twist yeah. or doesn't have a twist. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I, I never like I never like to to hear people saying oh yeah six Sense. Like I'm not going to tell you what the twist is at the end, mm-hmm. but you know because it like just yeah. takes takes a lot away from it because you're looking out for something and maybe you'll guess it. I don't know because mm-hmm. this might have been the second or third time that I've watched it now just mm-hmm. now. And it seems so obvious.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> think This is the first time I've watched it in full for a while, and I did just find myself constantly watching for the way in which they masked the twist, like the mechanics they used to hide yeah, the twist, and,
0: and like the, the hint they gave as well. Yeah. Also, that explainer that uh, that Cole gives midway through the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I see dead people; they don't know they're dead.
2: Yeah. But even before that, it's, and I think this is something for like Shyamalan films in general. Like, whichever of his films have you seen? Yes, yes. So
0: I've seen this. I've seen Split yes. recently. Um, and I've seen... It's uh Signs. Is that his? Yes. Yeah, I've seen that. I've not, never got through to the end, though. I just got too scared. Oh. Um... <laughs> Sorry, but it's <laughs> a scary film. And I've seen After Earth. Have you seen that one? No. Will Smith and Jaden Smith. Is oh, God. Not good? No. Okay. No.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I think... Because I feel like if you went to this film and you'd never heard of it and you had no context for who M Night Shyamalan was and what his reputation was and the mm-hmm. kind of films he makes, it probably would blow your mind. Well, I guess yeah. it blew yours. So yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like not many people have got that experience. It's it. I think I would say it's probably up there with Luke, I am your father. Mm. Oh, so like, definitely. Yeah. Like, I think there are like uncontacted tribesmen in <laughs> the forests of Brazil who re- get that reference. You know what I mean? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's really hard to judge the film on its own terms. But watch. Yeah, but watching it knowing what was coming and looking out for it, it did strike me that it doesn't make any sense. There's mm. so much stuff that doesn't make sense. It's very well constructed, but if you if you pick it apart, and I think this is something that happens to a lot of, of M. Night Shyamalan films, if you really pick them apart, they just don't make sense. Okay, but, what, what doesn't make sense? For example, the scene in which Bruce Willis is sitting across from Tony Collette, mm-hmm. and they, they don't say anything to each other, mm. and then Haley J. walks in. Yes. And obviously that's a really good misdirect, because obviously Mm -hmm. they're sat together, but they never interact. Yeah. But then you think about that, and you think,
0: well, what was happening before the camera was on? Like, what was happening before that moment? Well, like, maybe she was just staring into space, thinking about Cole, just like, what's wrong with Cole? What's what's wrong with my son? Like, people just stare and do nothing for a while. No, of
2: course, absolutely.
0: Bruce Willis, like, yeah, you can just ignore that, because he just sees what he wants to see. He probably remembers what he chooses to remember, Mm -hmm. so... You know, he's oblivious to the whole thing anyway.
2: Well, that's what I meant. So do you think that's... Because the the character, Bruce Willis, just constantly seems to appear and disappear at
0: he's, convenient moments. He's almost always there, I think. And I think that the only times that we see him in the film are the only times that he is conscious, essentially. That was what I was going to ask, because, yeah,
2: it has this weird... The way it's edited as well, it has this weird dream-like quality where it's constantly mm. fading in and out. And So I wondered, does he only appear at certain moments and then he just doesn't realise that he's not been there the whole time and he has these Yeah, things. I think so. Is that how
0: you... Okay. Like, have you realised that he's wearing the same cloak throughout the whole film? Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. But this is what I mean, but there's that would make sense if he was only ever on screen with Haley Joel Osmond. Mm. But there's also scenes with his wife, like mm. the scene where he's in the restaurant with his wife and his wife oh, pays yeah. the bill, all that kind of stuff. It's like... I wanted to see the scenes in between the scenes because mm. you'd think if he's just walking around the regular world mm-hmm. anytime he has to interact with anyone the entire internal logic of the film falls apart like if he tries to buy train tickets mm. if he tries to you know stop someone in the street if he has to, tries to have an actual conversation with his wife it just completely falls apart mm-hmm. the, I think a lot the sound logic goes out the window um, but this film because you're not primed for that you can just appreciate its fit for what it is mm. it helps that the acting in this film is so good
0: isn't it? yeah mm. What do you think of that guy at the start in the in the intro scene? In that? Oh,
2: okay, first of all, did you notice that the opening credits were super, super long?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <It> was... God.
2: <laughs> Why was it so long? It was like it was like the closing credits at the beginning but also at the end yeah but yes and then you get to the opening scene, of course with bruce willis and his wife mm. with the fantastic exposition where she explains his entire career and life and yeah re- reads out the uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just won an award for being the best psychologist in mm-hmm. all of new york mm-hmm. and then she reads out word for word the entire inscription of this award he's just won which is really really long yeah i always enjoy a bit of mm-hmm. clumsy exposition i'm gonna read it for you
3: I really sound like
0: Dr Seuss in recognition of his outstanding achievement in the field of child psychology, mm-hmm. his dedication to his work and his continuing efforts
1: to improve the quality of life. You concentrate. Hey. His continuing efforts to improve the quality of life for countless children and their families. The city of Philadelphia proudly bestows upon
3: its son, Dr Malcolm Crowe. That's you. The Mere Citation for Professional Excellence.
2: Uh, yeah, and then Johnny Wahlberg shows up. Mm. Yeah, in his underpants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember the first time I watched it thinking like, oh my god, that guy's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then now I've watched it like, hmm, he's he's overacting a lot.
3: Don't you even remember your own patients?
1: <laughs> Downtown clinic.
3: Single parent family. Possible mood disorder. I was afraid. You told me I was having trouble coping with my parents' divorce.
0: You were wrong. You were wrong.
1: Now look at me.
0: It's a difficult line between really good acting and overacting, especially when you get one scene. You get to tell people what that you know what fear is, and then kill yourself. Yeah, it's quite an intense role.
2: Yeah, and he was. Do you know who Donnie Wahlberg is?
0: I'm gonna guess Mark Wahlberg's
2: brother. This is another generation gap issue. So he's Mark Wahlberg's brother. Yes, he's also. They were both also in the boy band New Kids on the Block. So he's a pop star. I've
0: not even heard of that. No,
2: they were kind of pre-sync. There's maybe one song I think you might have heard of it. Went uh 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 the right stuff. Anything? No. Nope. No, nope. okay. That's well. fun, though. <laughs> I've got a new ringtone. Yes. <laughs> well, anyway, so he was a pop star first. He's not really an actor-actor, so... Uh-huh. And he, he lost £43 pounds to play that role, which really? for, like, essentially a 30-second... Sterling? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taxis in London cost a <laughs> No, he's, he lost £43 pounds of body mass to play that role which yeah. seems crazy to me because he's in the film for all of 30 seconds yeah I mean he could have just breathed in yeah exactly <laughs> but I think that yeah, I think that does speak to the fact that he's really going for it because I think he was like oh wow I'm in a film I'm in a mm. real film I'm mm-hmm. going to be I'm going to be Merrill style I'm going to be Robert De Niro mm-hmm. and yeah it wasn't I can see he was doing a lot mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I thought he was okay I thought Haley Joel Osment just was unbelievably good wasn't he? yeah if he wasn't as good this film would not work this film would fall apart so quickly if he was not as good as he is.
0: Yeah, it would have been, it would have been awful if he was Daniel Radcliffe, for example. Exactly, exactly. Yeah.
2: Like Daniel Radcliffe is an okay actor now, but
0: he took his time to get there. Yeah, he did. They clearly had a lot of training between Harry Potter two and three. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's where the film the films get so much better in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just working my way through them at the moment. Oh, okay, I see. For the twentieth time, I think. <laughs> but
2: I don't mean like yeah the. It took them a time to get to a level that he just appears to have just been at straight away. Like, mm.
0: But yeah, th- he
2: really does kind of carry this
0: film for me. Definitely, me too. I, I mean, not single-handedly. I think everybody that does a does a great job. Yeah. Um, I really, I really love that scene where he tells his mum at the end. I was just going to ask what your favourite scene is. Is it that? Yeah. Um, I think it might be yeah. Yeah. Because I, thought, I feel like the whole film is building to that. Like there's such communication issues mm-hmm. there. And just like the language he uses, like he says, "I'm ready to communicate with you." It's such <laughs> sort of grown-up language, rather than just "let me tell you my secret," mm-hmm. which of course is what he says to Bruce Willis. But yeah, that that scene I I find just the best because, like, initially she doesn't believe him as we expect, and I can I kind of thought, oh, that gonna go down the route of like she doesn't believe him until so he's got to prove it to her, and you know, there's gonna be a whole thing where she's like just playing this game that he's that he's playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I just like how they just went straight there where she believes him because of the evidence that, that she's given and they have this very emotional scene. Yeah.
3: Grandma comes to visit me sometimes. Cole, oh, that's very wrong. Grandma's gone, you know that. I know. She wanted me to tell you. Oh, please She stop. wanted me to tell you she saw you dance. She said when you were little You and her had a fight right before your dance recital. You thought she didn't come to see you dance. She did. She hid in the back so you wouldn't see. She said you were like an angel. She said, you came to the place where they buried her, asked her a question, she said, the answer is, every day, what did you
0: Do I make her proud? Which, for me, came right after a, a massive laugh. I don't know why, but I just really laughed when I saw that cyclist with blood <laughs> down her head, she, just because she looked sort of pissed off. Yeah, just like, oh, for fuck's sake!
2: Well, these are the risks cyclists take, you know.
0: <laughs> she was
2: wearing a helmet. I noticed. I noticed. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that wasn't the first thing I looked out for. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but like Tony Collette is acting the shit out of her, that, Isn't role. She? that scene in particular. She's yeah. fantastic, and again, they work so well. The, the mother and son chemistry is really there, and she's. fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always a joy for me to see Tony Collette for yeah. obvious reasons because she's in Miro's Wedding, my favorite film, and mm-hmm. yeah, and she's she's wonderful. She got an Oscar nomination for this and deservedly so. Yeah, yeah, so so did he. This the earliest scene when she's running around the kitchen, and there's a weird shaky cam thing going on where the film suddenly becomes a, looks like a documentary. Mm. Did you notice that? I did. Yeah. Yeah. And, it almost looks found footagey because it mm-hmm. literally follows Tony as She walks around her house, and then she goes in, and she comes back, and it's seeing so get that reveal of all of the um, the cupboards are suddenly open. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I questioned, but it, it, it was an effective, like, jump-scare moment.
0: Yeah, it, it, yeah, it certainly was at the start, but then as the film went on, it just kind of lost context of how that happened. Yeah,
2: exactly. I just imagined the ghost mum running around and just be like, "Wee!" Yeah. <laughs> and Harry there,
0: just like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Why so quick? <laughs>
2: but yeah. Uh, my favourite scene, I have to say, was absolutely the scene with at the funeral of Misha Barton's character, mm-hmm. the little girl who Because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is where this is where M. Night Shyamalan gets ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> and this scene was ludicrous to me. Mm-hmm. So Hayley Jewel Osmond walks into some a strange person's funeral. Or no, awake awakes so it was awake sorry yes finds goes upstairs nobody nobody's like who's that kid <laughs> finds a VHS in a box mm-hmm. and then hands it to the dad mm-hmm. who then puts it on in front of the entire family mm-hmm. the entire everyone at the wake is just like oh, let's see what this is mm-hmm. and it's a video that she's filmed essentially of her own murder yeah <laughs> was, so she set I, I had so many questions <laughs> so she set that up. And this is like a 90s video camera. They were hefty things as mm. well. So she's got a whole video camera set up. Okay, maybe she's just doing it to film the puppet show, and then the, you know, and then just so happens that she leaves it running, mm-hmm. and then mum comes in wielding a bowl of soup and a bottle of like floor cleaner or something. <laughs> yeah. And then she just pours out in. we supposed just assume she can't see the camera, of course, but. Mm. Again, I was like, "Why would she not do that downstairs? Why bring in in front of the daughter? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm just pouring this into your soup, and then the daughter willingly eats the soup, mm-hmm. and then dies, mm-hmm. but then leaves the video." And, it it, and the, it, it, the whole scene was just so ridiculous to me. I just mm-hmm. found it really funny. Right?
0: Yeah, that 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 was all. There were a lot of questions there. <laughs> yeah,
2: that was. There's a lot of again. I'm not sure. Films always good for choices. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big fan of weird choices directors make, and that mm-hmm. was one choice. Another good choice I made. I enjoyed was. Um, Haley Josman's glasses. Yes. When he's yeah. wearing these enormous, like super large like glasses. like the size of his head. Yeah, yeah, the size <laughs> of his head. And then he's like, "Those glasses don't have any
0: frames in them." He's like, "Oh, they're my dad's
2: glasses." End of conversation. Yep. It's <laughs> <was> like okay. <laughs> yeah, there
0: are there are a lot of uh, a lot of backstory questions which which there are here. You know, which maybe one of us will answer in a, in our in mm-hmm. our sequels. I got the impression um, that you might be from that one. Uh, no, not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, you know how you've been saying if we hit 100 ratings, then we're going to pose nude or whatever it was? Yeah, i um, that. Yeah. yeah, that is not happening unless you come up with the exact same idea for me for this, just because I think it's so unlikely. Just for this one episode? Or? Yeah, my, my, my idea is... Uh, mm. Okay, okay.
2: Well, I so hope we do now. <laughs> Podcast gold. Uh, so before we move on, a little bit of trivia. Okay. Um, so obviously Haley Joel Osmond won the, the lead role in this film. Yes. And do you know who else auditioned for that role? Um, Jack Black. I don't know. For the same role as Haley Joel Osment? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jack Black was probably about 40 when this film came out. How old is he now? Is he not old? Maybe Maybe, maybe, would, maybe would have been 30. Hmm. I feel like he's probably like late 40s now. Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Nope. Also older than Haley Osmond. Osment. <sighs>
0: um... No. Nah. no
2: idea. You're gonna love this. Michael Serra. Oh man!
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can you imagine? Michael Serra. I see dead people. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that. That is a very different film. Yes, yes that is. <laughs> and also, uh, Tony Collette's role almost went to Marissa Tomei. Okay. Yeah, she probably would have been fine, but yeah. I'm glad Tony Collette got it in the end.
1: So, mm.
2: yeah. Okay. So, yeah. No, I. have I do think this is a good film. Mm-hmm. I, I, I genuinely do. I just... I think that it's... It's uh, far from a perfect film, though. It's very far from perfect. Definitely better than Scott Pilgrim for me. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I feel like this. the problem with this film, if there is one, is that it kind of sets up a lot of tropes that M. Night Shyamalan used again and again and again, mm-hmm. which then you go into his films expecting. Even when you rewatch yes. this, you expect those things. Yeah. So I think, as I say, if I could watch this film with complete memory loss, mm-hmm. I would probably enjoy it a lot more. But Because mm-hmm. I would be distracted by looking out for the way in which he was constructing the plot because mm-hmm. he is a very, a very kind of self-conscious constructive kind of director but mm-hmm. but no, I think really well acted really unique kind of story that he's telling and yeah it, it's it is a good film it's a very good film so
0: well chosen so Great. Um, well so it's I me go, first this week then oh is it
2: not me first it's oh. your film says me first it? Oh, it I always forget whose film it is if you want to go first
0: no 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 it's fine
2: okay so my film is called The Sixth Sense 2 uh, for it is a sequel yeah The
0: Touring Dead Okay. Yeah. I thought so, you were about to say something about the Tories
2: no yeah. not the Tory dead it's an interesting <laughs> one but no uh, the touring dead okay. all shall become clear Okay. so we open in a darkened room mm-hmm. it's a living room illuminated by the glow of a large TV mm-hmm. it's kind of shot from behind so we're just seeing the TV we don't know who's watching mm-hmm. uh, and on that TV we see the trailer play for a Lifetime movie called Mini Medium The Cole Seer Story so, uh, okay. and this is much like a couple of weeks ago for our Gone Girl episode you posited a Lifetime movie version yes. of Gone Girl from the A.M. Mm-hmm. so this is a Lifetime movie about Haley J. Osment's character from The Sixth Sense okay so in typical Lifetime movie fashion it retells the story but with kind of low-rent actors in the parts so it's kind of like maybe starring Adam Baldwin as um, Dr. Malcolm Crow and <laughs> Alison Hannigan as the mom you know like, mm. okay. you can totally imagine Anna- Alison Hannigan being like the budget Tony Colletta can't you which one's three? She's uh, the redhead from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and ah, uh, yeah. Your Mother. Yep, yes. yep, yep. I'm just imagining her in a Lifetime movie. Mm, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then we've got like a dramatic voiceover with this trailer, like a, he was the pint sized psychic with the world at his feet, but a shocking expose left his career six feet underground. <laughs> <laughs> so this Lifetime movie, according to the trailer, shows how after the events of the original film, Cole Haley Joel Osment, Mm. became a popular kind of TV personality Mm -hmm. and um, ended up with his own daytime talk show called Mini Medium. Okay. As in Mini Me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, In which he kind of helped members of the audience to communicate with their dead loved ones. Okay. So like that classic like TV psychic kind Mm. of thing. So yeah. He also wrote lots of books and did tours. He just became very famous. His mum, as much as she seemed like was a lovely woman in the film. In my version, she sells them afterwards and pushes him into Hollywood. You know, once she realises she's got a gifted son, she's like, she sees the dollar signs. Mm-hmm. So they move to LA and they do all this. Mm-hmm. So, but when he was 15, he was exposed live on air by an undercover journalist who started asking questions about a fake dead person that he answered as if it was true. Mm-hmm. And then, so then he was exposed as a fraud, basically. Mm-hmm. We see how he spirals into drug and alcohol addiction and eventually gets arrested for driving under the influence. All classic kind of child star, you know, Celebrity scandal. And it ends with him giving a tearful interview to Oprah Winfrey, in which he confesses that when he hit puberty, he actually lost his powers. He stopped seeing dead okay. people when he hit puberty. Mm-hmm. And so he was forced to continue the show, though, because if he, had, he was under contract, and he was getting a lot of pressure from producers. Mm. So that's when he started phoning it in, basically, when mm-hmm. he was exposed. So that was his excuse. So we see this whole trailer of this whole Lifetime movie. And then we see the TV click off, the camera spins around, and we see present-day Haley Joel Osment, Played by present day, mm-hmm. present day Joel Osment, present day Haley Joel Osmond. It's a hard, word, hard name to say. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and he just goes bullshit. Turns off the TV. <laughs> <laughs> so the bulk of this, so that's the intro. Okay, and the bulk of my movie then takes place in the present day. So little Cole Seer, is now he's now thirty. Haley Joel Osment's thirty now.
0: I know. It's terrifying. Have you seen his beard? Yes. Oh, yeah. So big. Mm, yeah, yeah. Almost as big as those glasses. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah. <laughs> he always has something big on his face, Chloe. <laughs> It's an issue for. Him. And as this Lifetime movie has indicated, he's now kind of a washed-up former celebrity. Mm-hmm. He's living out in LA, but in a small flat, and he's basically kind of a recluse. Mm. So sometime after watching, maybe the same day, who knows, but sometime after seeing this trailer, because that's our introduction to his character, obviously, he receives a phone call from a woman who's like in her mid-30s, and she's like... He doesn't know this woman. He's like, "Are you the mini medium?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh no, I don't do that anymore. That's the past." And she says, "Well, I saw your story on TV on that Lifetime movie, and I need your help because I think my son might have the same condition that you have." Okay. Mm-hmm. So reluctantly, he agrees to, to meet with the boy, mm-hmm. whose name is Danny, mm-hmm. and he's eight years old, and he should be played by like a you know a, a very cutesy young modern child actor, maybe like Jacob Tremblay from Room or something.
0: Mm-hmm. You think of any other child actors? No, that's he's, all I've got. Mm. He, he's your go-to. He's the
2: go-to. Yeah, I know, I've used him before. But <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of any of us? Nah. There's always one every generation. There's like one boy and one girl. And then like, mm. they get all the roles and then they get, get, get addicted to heroin. And then the next generation comes along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Taylor's as oldest as time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he meets Danny and they sit down and they have a bit of a chat. And then Danny says, I want to tell you my secret now. I see. Yeah, yeah you see dead people, I know. Move along, move along, <laughs> Danny. So, what do these dead people look like? So, Danny, the kid, says, "I see a beautiful black woman. She's always wet and naked. I think she drowned. She also sings. sings a lot. She's always singing." He says, uh, "Well, what does what does she sing? Well, she oh, one of her favorites. She often sings, and I, I will always love you."
0: I've got another new <laughs> ringtone.
2: <laughs> so yeah, it turns out the uh, wee little Danny is seeing the ghost of Whitney Houston.
0: Oh, I like oh. how you looked at me for approval then. <laughs> <laughs> Once you sang that, just like yeah. No. Yeah, that, that was wor- that was far outside my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> that was really awesome. <laughs> Okay, so Whitney, ghost ghost Whitney. Ghost Whitney,
2: yeah. So mm-hmm. we've got Ghost Whitney. So he's exactly. like, Well what well, Cole explains that you're seeing these ghosts because you need to help them to make peace with whatever unfinished business they have in this world and then they can move on. So mm-hmm. ask Whitney, you know, what is she, what is she angry about? What, what unresolved issues does she have? Mm-hmm. And so he does. And it turns out that Whitney is mad that she got sold some dodgy crack on the night that she died. Um, in fact, she proclaims very angrily that that crack was whack. It's a famous Whitney quote. Crack okay. Crack. okay. Um,
1: Whitney dying. Crack rehab fails. First
3: of all, let's get one thing straight. Crack is cheap. i make too much money to ever smoke crack. Let's get that straight, okay? We don't do crack. We don't do that.
1: Your crack is whack.
2: And she, you know, she harbours a lot of resentment. She didn't need to die. Mm-hmm. So Cole and Danny, working with Ghost Whitney, they track down the drug dealer who sold Whitney the crack, the, the whack crack that night. Why was she naked and wet? Oh, Whitney Houston drowned in bath. Okay. You know, you, so they appear... You know, because they always appear as they die. Yeah, yeah, He's wearing the suits. The I didn't I, I did, I did know how she died. Yeah, she she, was, she drowned in a bath after a drug overdose. So, mm-hmm. yes. Allegedly. Oh. I, I think... I'm pretty sure it's been proved, but just in case. Allegedly. That's our legal safe word. Sure. You so, can say anything you like as long as you say allegedly. So, so
0: we're not going to get sued for Whitney's death?
2: Well, for, for libel about against Whitney Houston, if, if it turns out that's not how she died. But I'm pretty sure it was. Mm, sure. Basically, you can say anything about anyone if you just say allegedly before and after. So. Okay. So, anyway... Cole and Danny and ghost Whitney track down the drug dealer who sold her the crack the night she died mm-hmm. and they plant evidence that finally gets him arrested. Mm-hmm. And this allows Whitney to finally cross over to the other side. Mm. So then Cole says to Danny, good work. It went really well. So um, anyone else you see? <laughs> <laughs> any, any other ghosts? Yes, she's like, yes, yes, yes. Actually. I also see an older white lady. Uh, she swears a lot. She also looks like a princess. No guesses? No. So what does she want? What what what's bugging her? What's bugging this princess lady? She just she just keeps saying No fucking CGI No, I still don't know. You still don't know who this is no. oh, I thought you'd get this right away. Okay. So they tra- they figure this out, they track down the living relatives of Carrie Fisher. Ah oh, First is she. Of course. Yeah. And they manage to talk them into refusing to allow LucasArts to use her likeness in their latest film. hmm With CGI. Mm hmm. So we're pulling from real life here, just like. So we? Yeah, so she's finally free from the indignity of being resurrected as this bizarre computer-animated cartoon in the next Star Wars film, mm-hmm. and that gives her her peace. So then Carrie Fisher hmm. is able to cross over, although just before she kind of you know ascends or you know transmutes, whatever happens, you never really see what happens when they cross over. Mm-hmm. She kind of goes, "Wait a second, is there cocaine in heaven?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Cole goes. I don't think so no and fades away (laughs) (laughs) because allegedly Carrie Fisher was a big fan fan of cocaine (laughs) so Cole's calls that great stuff we're doing we are firing on all cylinders here Mm -hmm. any more keep them coming and Danny says there's one more he's the scariest one of all he's a very pale man with very dark hair and a tiny tiny nose and uh, okay what does this gentleman want he, he says he just wants to have a great big party filled with children where we can all have a giant sleepover with no clothes on.
0: <laughs> oh
2: God, John, <laughs> where are you taking this? Yeah, so Carl's like, okay, we are not helping that one. <laughs> if, you see, if you see that ghost, you run. <laughs> <laughs> but as it turns out, this ghost is very persistent and he won't leave Danny alone. So eventually Carl's like, look, Is there anything else we can do? Ask this ghost. Because he can't see him, obviously. Mm -hmm. He's like, Danny, ask this ghost. Is there anything else we can do for him that can make him... Help him to find his peace that doesn't involve naked children? And uh, so Danny asks the ghost. And the ghost says... um, He finally admits that just before he died, he was planning a giant comeback tour for all of his fans. (laughs) Have you figured this out yet? Yeah. You can the dots. Okay. And he loves those fans almost as much as he likes sleepovers with underage boys. Yeah. So if they could somehow find a way to make that tour happen, maybe be able to cross over. You did ask me to go darker this week. I'm only rising to the challenge that you set for me. I mean, there's there's
0: dark and it's uncomfortable.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're in now, so let's just...
0: Just just do carry on. Yeah. Get it over with. Okay.
2: So, yeah, so basically he wants to fulfil the the, the This Is It tour, the the, the Michael Jackson This Is It tour Mm -hmm. that was cancelled when he died. Mm -hmm. He, He wants to... For f- complete that farewell tour somehow and then, then and only then can he be laid to rest mm-hmm. and be at peace.
0: But they're like, well... I you- thought you meant Jimmy Savile.
2: Really? Yeah. At what point did he realise it was Michael Jackson?
0: When he said, this is it.
2: Come on. <laughs> <laughs> in
0: LA? I, you, didn't, oh, you didn't say they were in LA. I did say they were in LA. I specifically said Well, it's Michael
2: Jackson, not Jimmy Savile. Okay, sure. So Michael Jackson, very pale white man, black jet black hair, tiny, tiny nose.
0: Ah, uh, mm-hmm. I... I, I, I... Got the hair and the skin mixed
2: up. Oh, you thought it was black skin and white hair? What? I didn't get it mixed up. I just thought white hair. Okay. Well, no. Well, it's not, this, this telling really depends on you connecting these dots a lot quicker than you actually have. But never mind. I've connected
0: <laughs> none of them. No. What yeah. do you expect of me? I don't know anything.
2: These aren't these aren't obscure celebrities right Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson. Come on. Well, there's more to come, so please try and focus. <laughs> okay. 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 So, so well, he's dead. How can he appear in concerts? You know, this is this is a tricky one. And the Michael Jackson ghost is like, maybe if I could go inside Danny, maybe I could possess him and
0: dance and sing through him. Hee hee. (laughs) Oh dear. It's like he's in the room, isn't it? You've been Um, practicing, haven't you? (laughs) Quite extensively.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This afternoon has been like 20% writing, 80% hee hee. Oh dear. (laughs) (laughs) So Cole, Haley Jossman's character, is like, you are not going inside this kid. (laughs) <laughs> you need to drop that thread right now, that is not happening. Mm. But I guess you can try it with me if it will set you free. Mm-hmm. You know, let's give it a shot. So, after a lot of trial and error, they do discover that Michael Jackson's ghost can, in fact, possess human form. So, and he, he can, in fact, just enter into Haley Jorsmond and then he can possess that body and use that body, mm-hmm. to speak and communicate with that body. So they, once they figure this out, they approach the Jackson Foundation, the Michael Jackson Foundation, and they say, look, this may sound a bit out there, but um, this 30-year-old white man is um, possessed <laughs> of the spirits of Michael Jackson. <laughs> and he wants to complete his farewell tour. Uh, Questions? How is this going to happen? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, okay. So he cannot set his mind at rest until he's completed his... Come back to via the body of this heavy set 30-year-old former child actor. So, and the Jackson Foundation says, that is disgusting. <laughs> They're like, there's no way we are allowing you to tarnish the name mm. of beloved icon Michael Jackson just for the sake of some money. Mm-hmm. So Cole and Danny and Ghost MJ, they walk out dejected. And then the head of the Jackson Foundation laughs. He goes, oh, come back in. I was in a kidding. Of course you can. <laughs> of course we'll fund that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they do. And the concert goes on sale. Mm. And Cole, Halo Josman, goes on a kind of a press tour to explain, to promote the tour and explain what's going on. Because mm-hmm. he is a former star. Mm-hmm. And of course, a lot of people think he's crazy. Mm-hmm. They think he's absolutely insane. However, the concerts do also sell out in a matter of minutes. Okay. So, you know, sure. People buy- Michael Jackson has a lot of crazy fans. People yeah, would yeah. buy that. So the tour opens and is a huge success. So Cole, he goes on stage every night and delivers the show of his life. He's dancing and singing... And despite the fact that he is, uh, you know, maybe like an 18-stone white man with a heavy beard, he does <laughs> absolutely channels, physically and vocally, he absolutely is channeling Michael Jackson.
0: Okay. I mean, vocals aren't a thing that can just be possessed. That's muscle. Don't question this. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry,
2: sorry it, John. It's, it's, this is It's, it's a M. a Shyamalan film. It's, it just works, okay. Just, 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 okay. Go, just go with it. Just go yep, with it. yep
0: okay. fine. I'll give you the benefit
2: of that. Thank you, yes. Because I think there's definite comedy to me because you so you know what Haley jasmine looks like now Mm -hmm. so he like he looks fine but he's he's put on some weight i I would
0: love to see him doing a moonwalk
2: exactly i I like the idea of this kind of (coughs) very heavy set guy Mm -hmm. doing a very like you know doing the whole michael jackson routine. Mm -hmm. so that's what we're seeing here so he does the tour massive success sell out every night out there every night just giving it michael jackson in front of thousands of adoring fans so at the end of the closing night of the tour he walks back to the dressing room and he finds Danny sitting there looking very, very freaked out. Mm. He's like, Danny, what's wrong? And Danny says, we've got company. <laughs> so then we cut to three years later. Right, okay. Okay. And Cole, Haley, Haley Jossman's character, is sat in a psychiatrist's office and he's clearly very disturbed. Mm-hmm. And so the psychiatrist asks him, so who am I speaking to today? <laughs> and the reply is, Amy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How are you feeling today, Amy? It's not not your best Amy impression. But <laughs> carry on, <laughs> carry on.
2: Pretty fucked off, actually. A of better. A better. Yeah, though. yeah, a lot better. I've been in this body for three years now, and I've still they're still saying I can't record my new jazz album because once he's finished, George Michael's believe Vegas residency. <laughs> <laughs> so just to join some dots, what's happened here is that after he successfully toured the Michael Jackson show, mm. all the dead rock rock and pop stars <laughs> of the past like thirty years who've been haunting the world as ghosts who died untimely deaths. Mm are all like, well, I want my farewell tour. hmm So they all kind of converged on the last night. Mm-hmm. And just jumped into Haley jawsman's body. Yeah. So now it's... So, you know, obviously we both saw Split. Pardon? We, you know, we both saw splits. Yeah, yeah. So you know how we had, like, 18 personalities inside of him? Yes. So it's basically that. Okay. So I say, So this is the thing. As I said before, I think Haley Georgeman is a genuinely incredible actor. Mm. Or was as a child. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see... I'd like to give him an opportunity to showcase that as an adult. be <laughs> just
0: the maddest thing ever.
2: Yeah. I wanted to do what James McAvoy did. Because wherever you thought of split, you liked I wasn't that keen. Mm. But I think we both agree, James McAvoy was incredible. Mm, like, yeah. he, had, he played so many different characters. And had mm. so many voices and personas and physicalities. Yes. It was amazing. So I would like to see if Hayley Jossman has that in him. Yeah. To do that. Especially with famous people as well. Yeah. So I'm thinking he's got Kurt Cobain in there. He's got David Bowie. He's got okay, now...
0: For, for these gigs that he's doing, yes, what sort of costumes are we talking? Are we talking just like clothes on the same sort of theme, or are we talking like full on wigs and like look alike sort of thing? I like, think he's in costume. Winehouse,
2: it, does, does he have the bird's nest? Yes, does- he's doing that, he's really doing it. He's full costume, okay. Yes, yeah, so everyone he's doing So for it's the like MJ, skimpy short dress, yes, exactly. Whatever the role demands, he's tits doing. out, he's got them. Yeah, he's, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can picture it, can't you? Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm seeing in this. So he's got uh, Hayley. If you're listening, I apologize. <laughs> 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 so yeah there's David Bowie's in there Kirk Cobain's in there Donna Summers in there Judy Garland's there Jimi Hendrix Frank Sinatra everyone mm-hmm. you can think of any dead rock star you can think of is mm-hmm. there and yeah so it's basically a celebrity split and that so ends the movie basically with, with Hayley Doesman driven completely mad just being controlled by 18 or 19 different mm. famous celebrities and just doomed to kind of do farewell tours for all eternity. Okay. Maybe we'll have a sequel to this when we see more of that, but that's where my sequence So.
0: Very nice. Yeah. Any questions? Nah, no questions. because that was uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty good one. Mm. Yeah, actually, how how long did you rehearse this?
2: Not that long. The Amy Winehouse was not rehearsed. <laughs> it was not rehearsed. <laughs> Strangely oh. enough. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> like rehearsing out loud and no, stuff. No, I think but? I
2: might have said it once before you came in, and then I was like. Oh i am just wing it Be fine. Well, how, bad, how, how bad could it go I think we've established <laughs> you've by now done that, well you've done well I've established by now that I'm a master of accent work mm. I can do French I can do safe African. <laughs> <laughs> I can do Michael Jackson hee <laughs> hee I can do Amy Winehouse I can do them all just call me Merrill sure yeah. sure
0: yeah I won't <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: call me Merrill bitch <laughs> <laughs> so wait, 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 important question okay did you have the same idea No. Oh, no, no. Not even slightly. Disappointing. Okay, go on then.
0: Okay, so, you know how the main line in this film is, uh, I see dead people.
1: Yeah.
0: I want to tell you my secret now. Okay. Well, imagine that you've misheard that. Okay. Go on. Icy dead people. Oh, so as in frozen dead people? Uh huh. Do go on. Um, so this is gonna be set in the Game of Thrones universe. Ooh. Okay. So is this a, just a remake then? Uh, it's, it's, yeah, essentially, kind of okay. sort of thing. Sp- okay. Yeah, more of a spoof, really. It's gonna be a mockumentary, um, or well, kind of a, a, a documentary, really. Made by Cole. Okay. Yes. Still playing the same person. Um, Haley Jos- Osmond is doing it. Present um, day? Whatever Game of Thrones is.
2: No, 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 no. I mean, is it present day Haley
0: Osmond? Yes. Okay, good. Cool. Well, that's our rule. Yeah, exactly. Day, I'm isn't? just making sure you've yeah. to our rule, yeah. Yeah, so present day Haley Osmond is um, somebody in Game of Thrones and he is making a documentary for college. Wait, 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 wait. some questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm pretty
2: sure there's no video cameras in Game of Thrones. So okay,
0: so for the sake of no spoilers for Game of Thrones, because obviously people do worry about that, um, what I'm saying now is very factually incorrect. Um, and I'm not going to talk about any specifics of any characters, really.
2: Still, can it be like raising it on parchment or something? Is, is the video camera a big part of this?
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, fine. Fine, go with it. It's, just, it's a magic enchanted thing, whatever. Yeah, I mean, do you, do, you, do you have a problem with me sort of adding a little bit of fiction to what's already a fictional universe?
2: No, I just feel like it interrupts the internal logic of Game of Thrones. No one has a video camera.
0: I mean, it's not really set in Game of Thrones universe, it's not like it... Okay, no, no, no go on. Fine, yeah. fine, fine. So, yeah, I'm just m- m- docking points. If Cole we... is going to film a documentary because uh, he needs to do so for college. He's okay. actually doing a sandwich course um, of uh, war and textiles
2: okay have you, heard you haven't done a lot of sandwich courses over the years oh <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> Sorry, woo, woo. Continue. um so
0: what he's going to do is he's he's going to go north of the wall um, and he's going to go and speak to the white walkers mm-hmm. um, cuz you can do that you can speak to the dead he's going to go speak to them and uh, talk to them about the conflict that's going on between the dead and the living okay um, and try and come to well not really come to some sort of agreement but sort of you know raise awareness of the other side Okay. Um. Just so people can hear both sides of the argument that's going on, whatever this argument is.
2: Okay. Because one thing we do know from Game of Thrones is that the White Walkers very chatty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love a, love a good power wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, initially he travels up to uh, to the wall, arrives at Castle Black, where he's actually met by Jon Snow. Okay. Um. Who was, was in this? Kit Harington. I'm pretty sure he has some really good comedy. Yeah. I reckon he could be quite good in comedy. I can see that. Yeah. Because he's just so bland in everything else. He's got to be good at something. (laughs) (laughs) Do you agree? No,
2: yeah, yeah, he is. He's kind of a, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think he could, is he spoofing his own image here? Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. I can see him doing that.
0: Yeah, this is very much spoof. Um, Sorry, have you seen, in fact, I know you have, What We Do in the Shadows? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, this is going to be very much that kind of style. Okay, like it. Yeah, so a complete spoof. Okay. If anybody's not seen that, I recommend watching that film. But
2: the flight of the Concords people are doing a vampire film, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: cool. But you know, with a bit of alcohol with you, yes. that will help you. Mm, yes, agreed. <laughs> yeah. So John says that he's really interested in this uh, in this project because you know he's he's all about quality and, ta- and talking to people that there's conflicts with. So much so that he's even going to send a raven down to his contacts uh, down in King's Landing and try and get a film premiere set up. Okay. For uh, for this documentary. Cole's really excited to hear this, because he hasn't really had much support so far, because, you know, it's quite a controversial topic. Like, the White Walkers, they're just murdering people and turning them all into essentially zombies. Where is he studying? Where is he studying? Um, the University of Winterfell. Okay. College of Winterfell. Sure, why not? Yeah, I yeah. I haven't really thought of any of these the, the things. If you haven't <laughs> heard I'm it, glad- please pitch in. I'm glad you've got an answer. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely a Winterfell student. Okay. Yeah, student of the North. <laughs> 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 so we get to that through the wall. Uh, waiting on the other side are three White Walkers. Um, one of them is Cole's pen pal. Okay. Um, because as a as a, a, a thing that they've been doing in college, they've been talking to people who are from different cultures. And okay. so Cole decided to send a raven to the White Walkers. Okay. He has a White Walker pen pal? Yes, he does. Okay. Um, whose name is Phil. Phil, Mm -hmm. Phil the White Walker, sure. Yeah. Um, And he has two friends called Joe and Cheryl with him. Is this a reference I should understand? These are real people. These are my friends. Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah, and Cole and Phil shake hands. and Well, Phil pretty much just has a skeleton for a hand, but he shakes it anyway. It's a little bit awkward, but yeah. yeah, It's all. very true of the real Phil of it, so I'm being upset. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Joe and Cheryl are pretty much all there. They've, uh, looks like they've been quite recently converted into White Walkers. Okay. So they begin their journey back um, to the White Walker Settlement, which is obviously up a little bit further north of the Wall, um, and it'll take a few days on, on horseback. They've got three horses with them, which are all sort of just partially there. They're you know, dead horses, some, some of them are missing a throat, some of missing a, one of them is missing a leg, and it's just sort of limping about. <laughs> not a very useful horse. No, it's not very useful. They're not going that quickly, but, you know, they're getting there.
2: Okay.
0: And on their way, they bump into a pair of wildlings. Okay. Um and Cole immediately like senses that there's going to be some tension there. So he jumps off the horse. He jumps off one of the horses and starts filming everything. Goes and talks over to the wildlings to first speak to them before like any kind of a fight breaks out or anything. So he, he asks what they're doing out here. They say hunting. And he asks what, what their relationship is with the walkers. And they say to the white walkers, they're evil. They keep killing and stealing all our men, women and children. And, you know, they're just ruining everything. We don't like them. Why don't they just go back to where they came from? yeah Joe then argues back that it's, it's just their nature they, they they didn't make themselves this way they don't, they don't they don't mean to to be the way they are they're just trying to you know just get by mm-hmm. um, it's not their fault uh, the argument gets bigger and bigger um and eventually one of the wildlings starts attacking them with a sword and cuts off Cheryl's arm now Cheryl and Joe are yeah like they're, they're an item yeah um so Joe gets quite mad by this Obviously Cheryl's fine because like she's dead already it's just yeah. just an arm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Joe and also Phil, they attack the wildlings and kill them both and instantly convert them into wildlings. Okay. Did we get
2: into White Walkers, you mean? Hmm? You said convert them into wildlings. They're already wildlings. Oh, did sorry. Yes, yeah, White Walkers. Oh. So did you, did you tell me what the names of the wildlings were?
0: Uh, I'm about to. Um, okay. They're called Louise and Jimmy. Oh, okay. Well. Um which <laughs> are two people that we this, know very well.
2: We're playing very heavily to the very small demographic of people who know us personally.
0: <laughs> sure. Um, well, we've not really done that before, so I'm I thought, sure. yeah, why not? <laughs> and so then they carry on travelling. Um, a short while later, we we cut to an interview scene um, with, with Louise and Jimmy, and Cole's asking how they're feeling now that they've you know recently been converted. And, into well, icy dead people. Into icy dead people. Louise is very pissed off. Yeah, she She's is. just going off on a rant and... She's not happy. Um, you know, She always took really good care of her body. Now it's just going to rot away, just <laughs> like anything. Um, there's, no, there's no kind of makeup that
2: sits well on that kind of <laughs>
0: <term>. <laughs> No. Uh, Jimmy, on the other hand, is absolutely fine with the whole thing. And while Louise is ranting, he's just in the background just chewing on his own arm. <laughs> Sometime later, we have an interview with Joe and Cheryl as well. Okay. Um, and Cole asks Joe why he murdered Louise and Jimmy. Um, Joe explains, that well, they damaged Cheryl. And, you know, like, we're going to get married soon. And points to a missing arm. That's not going to grow back. Like, that's, that's, Where's that's, he going to put the ring on? Yeah. how <laughs> to put the ring on her right hand now. And <laughs> that's, that's not all there either. Michelle um, says, yeah, yeah, they didn't even eat it. Like, they deserve what they got. <laughs> so two of them are quite pissed off. They're not It's not the happiest bunch of people. Eventually they do arrive at the settlement. Um, and uh, well, Cole is going to be staying with Phil. Um, this settlement is made largely out of bones, mel- uh, melted together, melted together? Held together with ice. Okay. So this is the White Walker encampment? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so Cole's going to be staying in Phil's house, um, which is wolf-themed. It's all okay. made out of dead wolves, essentially. Okay. Die dire wolves? Uh, Cole's bed is a dire wolf, yes. Okay. Um, the the pillow he's using is actually a dire wolf puppy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> i was it Sansa's little puppy that died in the first series? Maybe. Oh, that's Maybe. so sad. Mm. Phil explains. Uh, Tomorrow is actually Joe stagg too. We'd uh, we'd love it if you could come along too. Um, Cole's like, oh yeah, great. That, that that'd be really good. Can I, can I take the camera and stuff? And I, yeah, yeah, that's great. But, um, Cole says, what, what, what are you doing for it? Oh yeah, we're just going down, going to the horse racing um down in uh, in in Good Blood, um in Good blood. Yeah, I was trying to do a pun on Goodwood. That's the best I could come up with. What's Goodwood? Goodwood horse racing. Never heard of it. Anyway, okay. Um, oh yeah, You're really that sounds...
2: drawing from life this way. Have you just like taken your diary for the next week and just transposed into this idea? Right? Month, but yeah. Okay, fine.
0: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds great. So the next day they go to the races, um, and everyone's wearing their best skins because mm-hmm. um, you know they've got to dress up for the races. Uh, there's about twenty of them. Um, obviously Cheryl's not come though because you know it's a, it's a stag do. So Cheryl's having a hen do by herself—not by herself, a hen do with her friends—and mm-hmm. she's gone to a strip club. Um, if you're wondering, at Strip Club, uh, all the White Walkers just actually strip off their flesh okay. right down to the bone. Oh, nice. um, to the music of Robbie Williams. Oh, sexy. Rock DJ. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, at the races, obviously these horses are dead horses that are racing. <laughs> um, they're not all in the same condition. So, well, some of them have all of their legs and they, they're clearly much more advantaged. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the bets get quite different on how many legs they have. Oh, okay. So the ones that have got four legs, well, they're clearly going to do quite well, so the bet's quite low. But the ones that don't have as many legs, yeah, if they've got three legs and are sort of limping a little bit, if they've got two legs, they're pretty much just hopping. Yeah. Um, there is even uh, one horse which has no legs, <laughs> um, which is essentially just sitting there. And it's <laughs> it's ridden a by, outside. Yeah, it. it's ridden by the local village idiot, <laughs> um, who uh, Jimmy not become good friends with, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then the race kicks off. Um, we're all watching from the... Uh, from, from the much more higher class stand so everybody's there getting really drunk mm. they're drink, drinking a lot of wildling blood and <laughs> it's it, it's crazy there. there's a lot of embarrassment there's people throwing limbs at each other and it's, it's not good not classy no
2: well who
0: knew yeah and so well the race kicks off and obviously all the four-legged four-legged horses they get ahead quite quickly um everybody else they fall behind some uh, one of the horses even tries to tries to run so quickly that it just breaks in two mm. oh just gosh. falls apart and it's just out of the race completely the four-legged race four-legged horses they get so far ahead that it's nobody else's race it's mm-hmm. clearly going to be them who win as always people then question why did we bet on it on any of the other horses this was mm. stupid a bad idea uh phil has actually bet on one of the four-legged horses um, and it's in the lead at the moment but quite a distance Um, And then all of a sudden that horse, uh, well, one of his legs falls off. And so it's just, it's not galloping right anymore, obviously with three legs. And so the other horse is catching up. But it does look like it's going to get to the finish at about the same time. So it's probably going to be a photo finish. Mm -hmm. In an amazing stunt, what the rider does is he puts both legs on the horse's neck, grabs it from under the chin, rips the horse's head off and launches himself forwards (laughs) over the line. He crosses the line first before anybody else, still holding the horse's head. So technically, technically, he won.
2: You've thought about this. Yes. <laughs> yes, I
0: have. <laughs> Phil is overjoyed. So much so that uh, his left hand actually breaks off because he's clapping so hard. Okay. Um, Cole finds this very funny and that's obviously filming the whole thing, but Phil's not impressed. Like, i oh, turned the camera off and he tried to put his hand in the camera, but he puts his stump in the camera. And it doesn't work. <laughs> Just, all, just you know, a little bit awkward and a bit embarrassing. So the carries on, and you know Phil's buying pints of blood for everyone now because he's just got all the money. Um, bear in mind, Cole is stone cold sober at this. Mm-hmm. So he's not just—he's not drinking blood. Um, he's still human.
2: So still. That's the only thing on draft is wildling blood.
0: Yeah, pretty okay. much. I mean, there's a few different variations, but it's all there. <laughs> um, everyone's getting drunker and drunker, and you yeah, know they go back to uh, near where the settlement is. Um, and on the way back Joe says hey, hey guys I don't, I don't want to do this can we, can we can we go to a go to a village instead and know, yeah, just like just find some new people and um, and so that's what they do they go to a village it's a it's a fishing village okay. um, of wildlings okay um, and uh well obviously a fight breaks out and they start they start just murdering some of the wildlings and turning them into walkers uh, Coles into orcas walkers oh walkers yeah and not killer whales no okay <laughs> <laughs> um just being clear yeah uh cole's not massively okay with this and he, he takes a step back and after a while um a boat draws up and Jon snow's on it along with a lot of other um uh, knights of the so-called knights of the watch yes yeah um with a few other other knights on it um, and a bit of a battle breaks out. John Snow grabs Cole, puts him on a boat and just says, look, we're going to have to carry this on some other time. You can come back later. Whatever. We have to go.
2: Does Cole have some kind of journalistic immunity where nobody tries to kill him at any point? Like...
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> they're pen pals. Okay. Oh, yes, yeah. They're, they're <laughs> friends. Um, also, Cole's one of the few people who can actually talk to them properly. Okay. So,
2: yeah. Is that his, like, Hayley Jewel husband gift?
0: Yeah, I guess so. It's the only thing that really ties it to the Sixth I'm Sense. thinking
2: this is tenuously related to the Sixth Sense at best. Yeah, spoiler <laughs>
0: alert. I came with the title first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't show. No. Um, yeah, and uh, so the boats sail away um, and Cole zooms in with his camera and he sees uh, Joe and Phil there. They're waving at him. Cole shouts, I'll come back for the wedding. And that's it. Okay. Um,
2: questions. You, questions. You look like you have some. Did you write that after losing a bet? <laughs> oh, what are you saying? No, no, no. Just because you you were drinking with one of the subjects of that film. Yes, I was you drinking arrived. with Phil before this yeah. episode. And it's like, did you just lose a bet to make him the star of your next episode or something?
0: Nah. Oh, okay. Fine. No, not at all. Fair
2: enough. No, no. no. It has a niche kind of uh, appeal, I guess.
0: It, it felt like one of my better episodes when I was writing it, but then as I, as I read that out just then, it, it feels less so.
2: I would say that it peaked with the title. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. I'm just struggling to see how it relates to six cents.
0: Uh, Maybe a different delivery would have done uh, it, I don't know. No. But uh, yeah, so that was that. Cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh,
2: so we have some viewer submissions. Good. I will go through these. What right. have we got this week? We have some good ones. So... Boss K, which is at Boss K Bouncy Hunt, says they were, oh we had two. This is one of two pictures called the Seventh Sense. That was a very popular idea. Oh yeah. So Boss K Bouncy Hunt says plot twist: the kid was dead all along. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. And then then the ghost of Bruce Willis has to save save his ghost. I don't think that means Taylor Lautner's ghost mm. from a meteor. Okay. Like Armageddon type thing. Maybe. Yeah, okay. Oh oh. Okay, <laughs> I didn't get that. Does that help you? Yes. Okay, I apologize. <laughs> At Boss K Hunts. I apologise unreservedly. I did not get that reference. So. No, I was actually clever with that I it was. Okay. <laughs> uh, So the other seventh sense is from uh, At Get a New Name Lad, who says a uh, great Twitter handle by the way. Uh, the seventh sense: a kid can see how people are going to die rather than dead people. Mm. That's
0: good. That's a yeah, friend. that is good.
2: Uh, Jack Should've and the Geek Stork, at Jack Geek Stalk. Theirs is called Nonsense. Uh, as Hayley Jolisman's <laughs> character grows up, his story is about ghosts are believed less and less. Mm-hmm. By the time he reaches his late teens, he's become a reclusive loner. This is a lot of my mm-hmm. uh, Shunned by society for his crazy views. It is then that he is visited by the spirit of a recently deceased children's performer who died as a result of a freak balloon animal accident. In order to help him cross over, our protagonist, Halo Trellusman, must finish his current round of kids' parties and events. Unbeknownst to him, a rival clown was responsible for the death and seeks to sabotage our hero's mission using subtle but clown related booby traps poison custard pies acid squirting flowers etc <laughs> so I guess a short version of that is Joel Osment, as he is today dressed as a clown mm-hmm. with a murderous clown so sure the joker Or just a... I think it's just a, like more of a like you know terrifying children's clown okay you know? and finally this is a long one but it's good we wa- we watch anything at we watch anything this is called we see dead people mm-hmm. it's 25 years into the future. Cole Seer, Haley Jawsman's character, has grown up. He's a psychologist by day, but also runs an underground counselling service for people who are haunted by spirits. And we join him at a worrying time in which the spirit manifestations are becoming more prevalent and more violent. This culminates in an experience when he is getting very badly physically beaten by a spirit in a library, until the assault stops and the spirit disappears. Cue John Constantine.
0: Hmm. Have you seen Constantine? Uh, no, well, I've seen the TV series that came out a couple of years ago, so I know. Concept, at least. Yeah, no, I've seen none of it, but it's that of use thing, right?
2: Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. So, Constantine's been watching Halo Journalism. Sort of a while. supernatural person who can kind
0: of talk to devils and stuff like that.
2: Fair enough. Uh, he's been watching Halo Journalism for a while as he's a very effective medium who could be of use. So, they team up, and Cole teaches John how to find his warmer, caring side. So, he comes to terms with some of the things that make him so reckless. Mm-hmm. I guess that means he's reckless in the film. Mm-hmm. And John teaches Cole how to become more angry as they step up their efforts, and they eventually they buy an old hearse and ride around around the city units and they also rent out a fire station to live in and they recruit a couple more people and they form the Spirit Hunters eventually saving New York City from a giant amorphous white ghoul and this organisation later forms the basis for the Ghostbusters. (laughs) Okay, yeah. That brought in a lot of different references. Yeah, that works pretty well actually. Yeah. So that was We Watch Anything and that was Nonsense. Okay, great.
0: Oh no, no, that was We See Dead People. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, nice okay well if anybody else has any uh, has any uh, any ideas that you'd like to pitch for The Sixth Sense or any films we've done or will do in the future if you're obviously listening to this in the future mm-hmm. um, then uh, please get us on Beyond the Box set we're on Gmail Facebook Twitter YouTube Instagram mm-hmm. anything else
2: no and then obviously if you want to listen to it you can find us on iTunes Stitcher Acast Pocketcast Player FM Overcast soon to be on Podbean hopefully but yeah. Mm-hmm, maybe yeah
0: all the best mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah And
2: if there's anything you'd like us to be on, let us know. Uh, And yeah, so it's my turn next week.
0: Yes, it is. What what have you got for me then?
2: I have. It's a film I've had in my back pocket for a while now. And I've held off it because I thought it had a sequel. Okay. I was was wrong. Because there's another film, basically, well, the film I've chosen is The Talented Mr. Ripley.
0: I've not heard of this.
2: No? Okay. Well, there is another film called Ripley's Game, which was straight to DVD, I think, uh, with John Markovich. It's about the same character, but because the character's based on a series of novels, mm-hmm. but it's not actually directly it's not actually directly related to *The Sound of Music*. So, mm-hmm. in that, I think that just about qualifies for us. Sure. So, yeah, uh, this is a Matt Damon film. Okay. From nineteen ninety nine. Uh, okay. Uh, and I would suggest that if you don't know anything about it, keep it that way. Okay. And just watch the film because I think it's one of those films that benefits from you not really knowing where it's going to go. So.
0: Okay. Um. Now, from experience of uh, watching films that I don't know anything about, do I need to have a beer with me when I watch this?
2: I would recommend drinking with a beer, but it's not it's not a bad film.
0: Okay. But no, I, I it Just it's, like I watched The Room without having any kind yeah. of drink no, with it's me, not. and that, that did not go well.
2: It's got Matt Damon in it. It's not the room. <laughs> I don't know. What could, he he can do things. No, it's a well made, well respected film, but it's also kind of a bit long, so I'll, it's probably worth having a bit of a drink.
0: Yeah. Okay, so, sure, you know. sure. But yeah, no. Okay, great. I mean what well, you really think of it. So. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to talking about it next week then. Good. So, yeah. All right, well you can catch all next week on the aforementioned uh, podcast libraries which John said iTunes, Stitcher and everything else or just go to our website beyondtheboxit.com
2: where you'll find all the links Yeah. and if you like what we do please do uh, subscribe to us on your chosen platform channel and if you'd leave us a review we'd really appreciate it yeah,
0: yeah. that will be uh, that would be pretty great mm-hmm. um, yeah so we'll see you all next week bye bye